Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And with the Australian share market booming over the last few years, well, when I say booming, it's been a lot better than it was the, the few years earlier. But what we're seeing now are people that are a little bit more confident um, about their investing in shares, and, and but really are they constructing a winning portfolio? So that's what I want to discuss in this podcast here because a lot of people just do what I would call the buy and pray method where they uh, don't do much research. They might read something in the newspaper, see something on TV or get a hot tip from a mate or a friend or somebody says do this and they might buy and sell, buy some shares or buy and sell some shares but they're not really a person that has a let's say a smart way of um, developing their portfolio and there's a, an, an old saying that uh, what a wise man does in the start a fool does in the end um, and you may have heard me say that before but uh, but the truth is that anyone can actually build their own share portfolio and achieve some really, really great returns without too much knowledge or risk. You just have to do it. Now, for those of you who read my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, you'll pretty much know everything that I'm going to talk about. Um, if you haven't bought it, um, maybe um, you'd like to go online and to, onto our website, wealthwithin.com.au. And if you go to the bookshop, you better um, purchase my book it's pretty cheap but it'll teach you how to do all of this what I'm going to talk about in a lot more depth and show you how to create different portfolio styles but the key to being successful is to really practice good portfolio management um, and probably to, to quote a situation uh, that I was in one day I was actually speaking to a room full of financial planners and um, and I've done that numerous times with this one day uh, somebody said to me, well, talk to me a bit about portfolio management. Uh, and I said to the person, I said, I could get every person in this room to just send me stocks to buy um, and I'll make money out of them regardless. Uh, it's because I'd be practicing very good portfolio management. And there's a couple of components I'll talk about in a minute, but it doesn't matter how good you are or it doesn't matter if you're super knowledgeable about picking shares. How you become successful is by constructing the proper portfolio and managing that portfolio properly. So how do we do this? Now, what I'm about to discuss here is really a, a practical framework that allow you to not only construct a profitable portfolio, but ensure you only select stocks for your portfolio that have a higher chance of being consistently profitable. Anybody can buy a share, but not everybody's profitable. And the majority of portfolios that I see from people who don't understand trading and don't understand the market really, is uh, they're, they're poorly constructed and they often have um, multiple different position sizes and all sorts of things going wrong with them and just a few small things can really tidy that up and get you better returns. So let's get started. Now I believe there are two critical areas you really need to consider when constructing a portfolio. One is money management or managing risk. Um, sorry, money management and managing risk are the two areas that I want to talk about. Now, to explain both of these in detail would really take a lot more than I have time for in this presentation. However, what I'm going to share with you are the most important aspects that you can implement 
right now to help you in your portfolio construction. And as I, as, as I mentioned, all of this stuff is in my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, How to Do All of This. But let's get into managing risk first. Now, we've all heard that we need to diversify in order to reduce risk. But do you really understand diversification in the true sense of its word? And what I would suggest is most people don't understand diversification at all. I think most people think it's just buying lots of shares and you're diversifying. And that's not necessarily the case. And I'll also say that that's not just a a retail client point of view. It's also almost a a view of the, the funds industry from that point of view. Now, according to the financial service industry, you can achieve lower costs, greater diversification and reduce your risk by investing in a managed fund than if you directed in, or invested directly yourself. But in my experience, managed funds can hold up to like 100 different stocks in their portfolio, which not only increases your transactions or the transaction costs within the fund and other costs, but it also increases the risk of the portfolio. What it also does is dilute your investment returns and really just condemns you to investing mediocrity. So if you have lots of shares in your portfolio, I can pretty much guarantee that one third are going up, one third are going down, and one third are going sideways. While it's also true that diversification reduces your risk, a portfolio of shares that is really over-diversified is exposed almost exclusively exclusively to market risk, which cannot be eliminated by diversification. An investor who chooses to invest in a particular market is exposed to risk inherent in that market, such as economic influences of inflation, interest rates, that affect the market as a whole. Therefore, the market risk remains and will always remain regardless to the degree of diversification you have in your portfolio. However, as an investor, you must also contend with what they call specific risk. So what I've just mentioned is what they call systemic risk or risk of the system, the market itself. And just getting into a market, you get that. But you also have specific risk, and this refers to the risk inherent in any particular investment you make, like such as a company, um, let's say BHP or, or Rio or whatever it is, that's specific risk or the risk that are specific to that security or to that investment such as a property that you might have in a specific suburb. Therefore your total risk is the sum risk of the market risk or that systemic risk that I mentioned and the specific risk of the each individual position or each individual stock that you're buying in terms of the share market. So obviously your specific risk is very high if you're only investing in one stock such as BHP. If you put all your money in that that means your specific risk is high, but the more your portfolio is diversified, the less risk you have. If you have two stocks, then you halved your risk, three stocks, it's now in thirds, etc., etc. So that begs the question, how many stocks do you need to hold as an individual investor to maintain or, or achieve maximum diversification, but also minimize your risk? And reality, it really, it's proven to be, it's, you only need to be investing in five to 12 stocks in your portfolio. Now, as a, if you're a trader, I would say more five, six stocks because you're more actively managing your risk. But if you're an investor um, or more of a passive or active investor, then 12 stocks in your portfolio is all you need. You don't need any more than that. But I would sit between somewhere between eight and 12. If you're somebody who's a lot more experienced on the marketplace, understands money management a hell of a lot better, then, you know, and a trader, then you might want to go down to five, but no more than 12, but no less than five. As a trader, you're looking to achieve high or above average returns. And so to achieve this, you need to take a high level of volatility into your portfolio so that you can outperform the market. Therefore, you need to hold that smaller number of shares. And as I mentioned, five to eight to really actively manage that specific risk. 
um, as an investor, you don't really have the time to manage your specific risk. And that's the whole idea about being an investor. It takes less time to manage. So then holding a portfolio between 8 and 12 shares will enable you to reduce the volatility without dramatically reducing your returns. Now, whilst keeping your cost of holding your portfolio to minimum. Now, that's got to be good, doesn't it? Because less stocks means less transactions, a um, lot less paperwork, and a hell of a lot easier to manage. Um, increasing your holdings beyond 12 stocks really does expose your portfolio to market risk, which, as we've already indicated, you can't diversify anyway, or you can't eliminate it by more diversification. And it's uh, and this is supported by many investors who have been questioning the conventional wisdom of over-diversification. I actually call it de-worsification. And so uh, preferring to invest in concentrated portfolios give the average returns um, by many of the managed funds. So if you prefer to invest in an over-diversified portfolio, you'll get what the managed funds get. But if you want to outperform the market, you need to do what I was suggesting is have more of a concentrated portfolio. What we've seen, though, is a lot of people getting into self-managed super funds over the years. And again, they're trying to put a lot of money, put their money into a lot of stocks. Now, let's face it, you don't get twice the benefit from holding 20 stocks than you do from holding 10. You just certainly, and you don't get 10 times the benefit from holding 100 stocks than you, than you do from 10. So given this, it's really unrealistic to justify why anyone would put in the additional time and effort and all the paperwork and headaches to analyse and find stocks when the diversification benefit is minuscule. Obviously, uh, you really do want to improve your returns to get uh, on your portfolio to get the returns that you want. So it really does make sense to get rid of the stocks that are going sideways or down that I mentioned earlier. Remember, one-third up, one-third down, one-third sideways. Because after all, we... we Every person I've ever met only wants to hold stocks that are rising in price, and they don't like holding them down. And I often say to people is, you know, have you ever worried about a stock going up in price? And nobody's ever put their hand up to say yes. You only ever worry about them going down. So why don't we clean up that side of it? So over the years of, of helping people and supporting traders, investors in the share market, I've seen portfolios constructed with 30 stocks or more. And in every case, I found that one third of their stocks were rising, one third were going sideways, and a third were going down. And all the portfolios were achieving, at best, really average returns. But the bottom line is that if all you'd done was remove the shares that were falling, your returns would have been much better regardless of the ones going sideways. Now, obviously, it's because the shares falling in value are eroding the gains of the shares that you hold that are rising in price. So they're cancelling each other out. So this brings me to the second critical area in constructing your portfolio, which is the money management that I mentioned earlier. Regardless of whether you consider yourself a trader or investor, money management is the most critical part to your success in achieving good returns on your portfolio. If you want to buy and hold or you set and forget or put things under the bed, then you're going to get average returns. In fact, the two key elements of risk and money management work hand in hand. If you only do one, then the other one's not going to help you too much. If you're not doing, if you're not doing it, you're doing the disservice to yourself. Um, we all know that if we put a half of our money into one share and the remainder into another seven, then our specific risk will be very high because 50% of your money is in one share. Therefore, to reduce risk, we need to ensure the amount we invest in each share is no more than 20%. So that would be five stocks. Remember I said more for traders. If you're an investor holding between 8 and 12 stocks, then you would be between somewhere between 8 and 12% of your total portfolio. You would put in each stock that you want to put for, you want to have in your portfolio. 
So let's, for example, if you put 8% in each share, you'll probably have about 12 stocks. And if you put 12% in each share, you'll have roughly eight stocks. Now that's not finite down to the zero cents, but you get the point. So as a trader, as I said earlier, you wouldn't put more than 20% in one any one share. So no less, no more, no less than five shares um, as a trader, but five to eight as a trader, eight to 12 is more of an investor. Okay, so now we've got a basic framework on how to construct your portfolio. What I want to do is create a second podcast or part two of this series to investigate how to select the most appropriate stocks that you should place in your portfolio. And I'm going to do so so these will give you the higher chance of being consistently profitable because you've got to have everything in context, the right stocks for the right portfolios. Often I see the wrong stocks in portfolios like high risk, low cap, penny sort of dreadful stocks in super funds. Um, you know, that's not really a good uh, place to have them. Or Telstra in a growth fund. Telstra is not necessarily designed for a growth fund that's much, or growth portfolio. It's more designed from an income type of portfolio rather than a growth one. It's great for self-managed super funds, but not necessarily as great for high growth or good high growth type of portfolio. So I'll candle that on our uh, part two of this podcast. So hopefully you've enjoyed the first part of this. But as I said, uh, all of this is a lot more detail in my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%. All you got to do is either pick up the phone, ring one three hundred seven four two seven three eight, or get online, wealthwithin.com.au, um, and you'll be able to purchase the book online, and also my investment pack with the book and a couple of DVDs will help you on all of this sort of stuff. So um, in the meantime, good luck, good trading. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation.